Today on Abounding Grace, don't put people on a pedestal that belongs to God alone. Just as it's wrong, just as it's wrong for a leader to put himself on a pedestal, it's also wrong for followers of God to place a man or a woman on a pedestal. It's wrong for us to exalt men to positions that only belong to Jesus Christ. It's wrong for us to look at a pastor or a leader and somehow think that they're different than we are. That like, as if they got there by reading the Bible more or they got there by praying more. No, no, you'll see in a moment, anyone serving you got there by the will of God. This is amazing grace. Great to be back with you. It's time for Abounding Grace, where each day we study through the Bible with Pastor Ed Taylor and learn of God's abounding grace. We've been in Hebrews here lately and pick things up today in chapter 5. Maybe you've been wondering if you're supposed to be involved in leadership in the church or what is your place in the ministry? Today we learn an important principle, and that is it's God who appoints true spiritual leaders, not us. Here's Pastor Ed to explain. You take your Bibles and open them to Hebrews chapter 5. As we continue our study through the book of Hebrews, we've started a new section in Hebrews as we're looking at the high priest and how Jesus is the greatest high priest. There is none greater. He's the fulfillment of what we learned last time in Leviticus chapter 16, where there was a human high priest that God appointed in order to take the blood of the sacrifice of the bull and goat right into the Holy of Holies and with his own hands spread blood on the lid of the Ark of the Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of Testimony, which was known as the mercy seat, which we learn that Jesus is our mercy seat today. That no longer do we need to spread blood on a box, but no, God has promised to meet us in the person of Jesus Christ by faith. So he himself gave his own blood on the cross. And the author to the book of Hebrews, Paul, I believe, is writing a strong word to say, don't go backwards, don't go back to religion. You have the fulfillment of all that you've hoped for in Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 1, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also beset by weakness. Because of this, he's required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. No man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. And we learn of the importance of the role of the high priest he was chosen by God to represent men to himself, that he was to be man's representative before God. He was to be used to take the needs of men before the presence of God. And he spoke on behalf of God. He spoke of beha on behalf of God to men and on behalf of men to God, offering gifts 
and sacrifices that were prescribed by God. Remember, we're to worship God the way that he prescribes. And notice, he's to be taken from among men and he's to be appointed for men in verse 1. And he is to be one of them to have, why? Compassion in verse 2. He's to have compassion. And we learn that Jesus is a compassionate high priest. Remember verse 15 of chapter 4? It says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. There's to be a connection between the priest and the people. Don't miss that. A sympathetic, compassionate connection. That a priest was a people too. That he was one of the congregation, even though he had a special role and a special responsibility. He never ceased to be in need of the sacrifice himself. He wasn't to exalt himself over another, which is exactly what the religious rulers did in the time of Jesus. That by the time Jesus Christ came in the first century, he came with a strong rebuke to those that were supposed to be representing God to the people. They had taken the place of Moses' seat, which is a place of leadership. But you'll recall Jesus said, you hear that they're there in Moses' seat. Let me read it to you in Matthew 23, verse 1. It says, Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees, these were the religious rulers, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. They're raging hypocrites. So what they're saying is right, but what they're doing is wrong. It would be the equivalent today. If Jesus was come today and say, hey, you know those pastors up in the pulpit, I want you, they're, they're there in a place of authority. I want you to do what they say because they're reading it from the Bible, but don't do what they're doing because they're raging hypocrites. Wouldn't that be sad? That would be a sad place to be if our pulpits were filled with hypocrites. No, the person in the place of spiritual leadership needs to remember that he is a person in need of forgiveness and grace himself. And so consider this, just like then, today it is wrong for a minister, for a pastor, for a spiritual leader to exalt himself above people. It's just plain wrong. It's not to be done by those that are serving Jesus Christ. It's sinful. You know, men have a tendency to corrupt really good things. They, they could take something perfect and make it imperfect. And, and, and many of that, much of that makes sense because, you know, the position of pastor leader in a church is a perfect position. It's what God ordained, but it's filled with imperfect men. And so therefore, you can take something that's perfect and make it imperfect. But you can take that very, very far. And, and it frustrates me to no end when on occasion I'm flipping through the channels and I see there are men and a, a, even a few women that are taking advantage of a place of spiritual leadership to draw people after themselves and to take advantage of people. And you'll hear really nonsensical things. The idea that if you send in your money right now and if you text it right now, my anointing will be your anointing. How foolish. Nobody owns the anointing of God. The anointing of God belongs to God. It's not to be sold. You want the anointing of God today? Ask God to anoint you. It's free. He gives his Holy Spirit to anybody that asks. And it's wrong. It's wrong for a person in a place of spiritual leadership to take advantage of people in the name of God. It's wrong. 
It's sinful. It's not to be done. And this whole idea that, that entered in many years ago, this false teaching of the separation of clergy and laity, of the priest and the people, is unbiblical. And it's amazing when you study the Bible, the, the most popular false teachings, when you read the Bible, the Bible teaches the exact opposite. If we can just learn to read our Bibles and pray every day, the Holy Spirit will give us discernment to dismiss a lot of the things that are just kind of taken for granted, but the Bible teaches against it. God, the Bible never teaches. As in our own text today, it says that the priest can have compassion. He can be sympathetic. Why? Because he himself, in verse 2, is a man. He's beset by weaknesses. Not only that, but he has, when he goes to offer the sacrifice... He offers one specifically for himself so he doesn't forget that the priest is a people too. He has no right. A spiritual leader has no right to look down on people and speak condemnation or judgment to them. He wasn't to exalt himself over another, but rather to live in a humble way. Jesus demonstrated to us that very model of ministry, and you can jot it down in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. This is God in human flesh, church. This is God who came and took on a human carcass, fully God and fully man. And what did he model for us? According to Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And it's wrong for a leader to set himself on a pedestal and pretend to be untouchable. It is wrong for men and women to stand in positions of spiritual leadership and give off this air like they're sinless, like they never make a mistake, and that if you give and if you have a lot of faith, one day you might be like them. Listen, they're, you're already like them because they are, they are human beings and demonstrating to you... By the way, if anybody ever tells you that they're sinless... While they're speaking, they're actually sinning right there in your presence because they're not telling you the truth. And any pastor, any leader, any overseer, the more time you spend with them, the more you will see how real they are and how similar they are. Just as it's wrong, just as it's wrong for a leader to put himself on a pedestal, it's also wrong for the followers of God to place a man or a woman on a pedestal. It's wrong for us to exalt men to positions that only belong to Jesus Christ. It's wrong for us to look at a pastor or a leader and somehow think that they're different than we are, that like, as if they got there by reading the Bible more or they got there by praying more. No, no, you'll see in a moment, anyone serving you got there by the will of God. It was his sovereign purpose, and truly, the people that God uses, it's the foolish things of the world. Why? So that you can see, if God can use a man like me, truly, I mean this with all my heart, if God can use a man like me, then he can use anyone. Like, there's no one outside of the usefulness of God. Through the repentance of sin, there's nothing special about me. Nothing I mean, you can, you can spend some time with me and you'll learn that I don't, when I walk, I don't float two inches above the ground. Like my feet are on the same ground that yours are. You know, in the middle of the night, you wonder, you might wake up and go, oh, I wonder, is he glowing? Does he have a halo? No. You'll find out that I need forgiveness just like you do. And I take great honor 
to be able to serve you, but there's nothing special about me. It's the grace of God. And so just like it's, I'm not to put myself on a pedestal, neither are you to put me on a pedestal. And I think that a lot of the nonsense we see on television today, it would go away if people would just stop doing that. They would just say, no, no. They just stand up and go, no, man, you're a sinner just like me. And it sounds like you're even a greater sinner because your hand is in my back pocket. And just keep your hand off my wallet. Your tithes and offerings, they belong to the Lord. You can't buy the anointing of God. You can't buy success. You can't buy prominence. You can't buy a healing. None of that's for sale. It's all free. Freely we receive, freely we give. It's all free. God wants to bless your life and is blessing your life. You are living right now as a born-again believer in the blessings of God. He is blessing you. He loves to bless you. And even today, if you don't have a relationship with God, listen, you are living in the blessings of God because you're still alive. And God's patience towards you is unto salvation. You wonder, well, why hasn't God judged me yet? Because Jesus Christ took the full weight and penalty for judgment of your sins. And God is patient with you. So please be careful not to interpret the patience of God as the approval of your sinful ways. <laughs> because God doesn't approve of them, but he loves you. And I'm grateful for the patience of God. I'm grateful that he allowed me to endure so much difficulty and, and so many things that he spared me from to get to the point where I could hear the gospel and repent of my sins. Notice, not only that, as we learn about the high priest, we need to remember in verse 4 now that no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just like Aaron. Nobody can take this honor to himself. Nobody could wake up in the morning and declare themselves a priest or a high priest. They had to come very specifically through a family line, and then everyone in that family line, all, they all weren't high priests. It was God's selection. You remember, the high priest needed to come through the family of Aaron, through his son Levi, and then Levi had three sons, and it had to be through specifically the son Kohath. That's the only line that you could be born in in order to be the high priest. And nobody could be a priest apart from the family of Aaron and the family of Levi. That was God's way. That was his prescription, right? We learned you cannot worship God any old way. God describes and prescribes for us how we're to worship him, and he laid it out for us. You couldn't appoint yourself. And what's true then is true now. You and I, we cannot appoint ourselves to a place of ministry or leadership. We cannot do that. No man takes this honor to himself. And I have to say, in the many, many years that I've had the privilege of serving Jesus Christ, I have met a lot of men who have appointed themselves as leaders in the church, or at least attempted to. And they've come and they've declared that this is what God has told them to do. And, and instead of building relationship, they just kind of take it upon themselves. And they'll come and introduce themselves and say, this is why I'm here and this is why God sent me here. And it's like, but, but we don't even know you. We haven't even seen anything in your life. We don't know what you've been called to. We haven't seen any fruit. We haven't seen you go through any difficulties. We don't know you. You may or may not be called by God, but give us some time and let's build a relationship and we'll see if God has called you to be a leader. But you see, you cannot take this honor upon yourself. You have to be called by God. And that calling has to be evident both to you and to others. You can't self-ordain yourself. You can't just print up some business cards, set up a website, start writing on Facebook as if God, you have appointed yourself the new leader of the church and set up your YouTube videos. And your, look, you can do all of that, but that doesn't mean it's from the Lord. 
And I have met many people in this very building that come up to me, hand me a business card, tell me about a website, and say, I am God's appointed. I'll give you one example. It was a few years ago, and it was around the anniversary of Columbine. That was his first mistake, because the brother came in, uh, whether he's a brother or not, but the guy came in with a big black trench coat. So let's just say, before he ever talked to me, he met a lot of our security folks here. That was a bad idea. He comes up to me, flips out, I mean, he must have practiced this, flipped out his business card, and he gave it to me. You know what it said? It said, Michael the Archangel, messenger of God. Whoa! Michael, he's here. Let me just say, I wasn't in the best of moods that day. And unfortunately, some days I'm in better moods than others. So I engaged the guy in conversation. He handed me his business card. Michael the Archangel. You know, bro, I don't think you're Michael the Archangel. Oh, yeah, I'm Michael the Archangel sent from God. And the message I have from God is, you and I, I'm going to destroy this church. And you and me, Ed, are going to rebuild it. Really? I don't, the Lord's never talked to me about destroying any church. As a matter of fact, I see him building the church and people are getting saved. And so I say, so I say, are you really Michael the Ark? Yeah, I'm Michael the Ark. I was like, bro, I don't believe you. And, and then I asked him, I said, and, and, and so it was, I wasn't, it, just, just bear with me. I, I just cut me some slack. It was a bad day. I said, bro, show me your wings. He goes, I don't got no wings. And, and no, no, he wasn't too happy about that question. I said, man, I don't know. You just don't, you know, the Bible says when angels show up, people are scared, man. I'm not scared of you. You're not, there's nothing about you that, and, and he's like, no, I am. And, you know, if you don't do this, the judgment of God, I'm like, hey, look, listen, I could take whatever God has for me, but you, God didn't send you here. I mean, you don't even have a Bible, man. Don't you think an angel today would be carrying a Bible? You don't even have a Bible. Quote me a couple verses. And it went on like that. And he's like, I'm not quoting universe. I'm like, well, bro, I don't think you're my... And just walk where I can take... And oh, by the way, take your business card with you because I don't believe you are who you are. Seriously, I meet people like that a lot. I mean, that's the top one. That's why I'm sharing it with you. That's the top one. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully everything's all right. He's, Michael the Archangel is going to be flying in here and going, bro. You know, I mean... But I meet these people all the time, and I understand that. Like, they're self-appointing themselves. And that's just not how God works. The Bible says that God raises up one and puts down another. And, and even as verse 4 says, no man will take this upon himself. You can't take this, no, don't miss this word, honor. It is an honor to serve God. It is an honor to lay your life on the sacrificial table to serve him, to pour into other people. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, but so is life. Life is challenging. But I'll tell you what's more challenging. What's more challenging is taking this honor upon yourself. Because God doesn't take too lightly to that. That, that, that guy, he's going to have to answer to God, not me. But he won't get access to this church, I'll tell you that. I mean, if God wants access to this church, he knows how to get it. And it's not by coming in and handing me a card. I didn't even know angels had cards, man. <laughs> I read in the Bible, you don't need a card to announce yourself. It's obvious. I'd fall down and be afraid. Listen, don't take this honor to yourself. You must be called of God with evidence among the elders, fruit flowing from your life. You know, when you see on occasion us, uh, as a church family, bringing a man and his family up here to lay hands on them and ordain them into the ministry, we aren't ordaining them. 
in our own effort and energy. Like there's nothing that we have that can convey that to a man. When we ordain a man in the ministry and send his family out, we are just simply telling you, we see the hand of God in their life. We agree with God about their ordination. It's not us. We don't have any power in ourselves. Uh, you, 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 you serve here, God will raise you up or put you down. Like, just serve the Lord with gladness. Spiritual authority is not something you take upon yourself. So often, you know, Paul would even describe himself, and this guy was the key leader of the New Testament. He would describe himself as what? A bondservant. I mean, if he had an office and a door, on the door would say, I'm just a servant of the Lord. That's it. I'm just a servant of the Lord. That, that's why I've always been challenged when people try to, want to call me reverend or senior pastor or whatever. I'm just a man that serves the Lord. I know my role. I know what God's called me to do, but I'm no different than you. And this is a work of God in my life. This is not the work of man. And I, so I serve God with the, the place of, I can only go lower for him, not higher, to be more usable in his kingdom in these last days, not less usable. This is Abounding Grace with our Bible teacher and pastor, Ed Taylor. To give this a second listen, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. You can search for Ed Taylor to download that today. Pastor Ed, the big takeaway from today's lesson is it's God who appoints true spiritual leaders. And you have a podcast on that subject of leadership. Would you talk about that for a moment? Sure, Larry. A couple years ago, I felt the burden to begin a podcast that we entitled Lead to Serve. That's Lead, the number two, Serve. And we've done a couple seasons thus far. I'm working on the third season right now through a pamphlet, actually, I'm developing on how to grow in spiritual leadership, specifically in pastoral leadership, but it's not exclusive to pastors. There's a lot of great principles in there that will help us grow. And so we put out, uh, all the episodes are on there now, and we put out just practical insight, discussions, practical uh, instruction on what it is to serve the Lord and how can we do it better. And part of the thought behind it is these are things I wish somebody could have told me a little bit earlier on in my journey serving God. Uh, I know that I, I know that I got everything, the timing that God wanted, but it was good to get some of these much earlier. It would have been, I think, good to get some of these principles much earlier. So we just talk about it. We talk about for if you're an elder in your church, a deacon, a deaconess, if you're a pastor, assistant pastor, if you're a lay leader, if you're just someone thinking about serving better, these principles are very applicable in everyday life, uh, in your workplace, uh, and wherever you might be. I spent many years in the corporate world and a lot of the, I remember they would bring people in and maybe you, you're in the corporate world, they'll bring people in and they, I remember one time they brought somebody in and said, we're going to teach you servant leadership. And the, um, the, the gal that taught it, very smart, very knowledgeable, uh, she laid it all out, gave us all the thing, all the pamphlets and everything and, and taught it like, she, like, I don't know that she did this personally, but she taught it like she made it up. And we're sitting there and just thinking, you know, Jesus Christ was the greatest servant leader. Uh, and you can learn more from him than any corporate class. Uh, and so being able to sit through that, learn that, serve um, leadership is, is a desire of mine to see people grow in their leadership, including me. So the podcast is Lead to Serve, L-E-A-D, the number two, serve, all one word, lead to serve. You can get it anywhere you get your podcasts. 
and it's encouraging. It's been far, uh, it, it, the response has been far greater than I ever expected. Uh, and for that, I'm grateful uh, and grateful to continue on. And we'll be starting season three here in no time. Again, that's lead to serve. Lead, the number two, serve. Look for it on Apple Podcasts. We know we should study the Bible, but many Christians aren't sure how to go about it, or they find it less than enjoyable. Well, we've picked out a resource that can help. It's from Skip Heitzig, and the book is aptly titled, How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. As the title would suggest, Pastor Skip will inspire you to enjoy studying the Bible as God intends and discover its power and relevance to your life. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. Well, we've got another study in Hebrews to look forward to tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.